0: Continue with the loving kindness meditation bringing your attention to the sitting posture first having a sense of the body just sitting here bringing the attention to the heart center the place around your physical heart or anywhere around that place in your chest area where you experience loving kindness breathing in and out from that place Letting your attention and your breathing be relaxed and quiet. And traditionally, we begin with oneself. But if that's challenging for you to do, you can begin with someone easy for you to offer your loving-kindness to. I'll use the words for oneself, and you can change them if you're using another person. So we begin with oneself, reflecting on our own goodness. Something about oneself that you can really appreciate. It can be the very fact that you're here, caring for yourself in this very rare way. And then offering oneself loving kindness, goodwill, the opposite of ill will. We're developing the habit to establish and to develop goodwill as a natural habit of our hearts and our minds. I'll offer some phrases for you, and you can repeat them quietly in your own rhythm, change them if you want, use different words. Generally, keep it very simple. I'll give you some space to repeat for those of you who are new to the practice. Repeat silently to oneself. May I be safe and protected in all ways. (coughs) Offering and receiving the deep loving intention of that. Maybe you let go of the words but it's the intention to offer your goodwill to yourself that really matters. May I be safe and protected in all ways. May I be peaceful and happy. Allowing this intention to come from your heart center. Like a fountain of energy. Filling your whole body. and all around you, may I be peaceful and happy. May I be healthy and strong. Healthy and strong. May my heart be at ease, no matter what's happening. using your own words in your own way offering goodwill to oneself what is the deepest wish that you have for yourself May I be safe, peaceful, and happy. You can keep it simple. Remaining with oneself if you choose to, or moving on, the next individual is a benefactor, someone who has benefited you. Have a sense of who you're choosing. It can be an elder, a teacher or someone younger, a child, an animal friend. Be as clear as you can about who this is. And then intentionally reflect about this being Maybe it's something about your gratitude. Something that opens your heart. It's reflecting a little about this In the reflecting, you may already sense loving-kindness coming from your heart center. And if so, just let yourself soak in that for a while. Be with that. And then offering this person your goodwill from that place. If you sense it already, may you be safe and protected. Let each phrase be an offering of your goodwill. May you be peaceful and happy. Healthy and strong. May your heart be at ease, no matter what's happening. Using your own words and your own rhythm, Offering your goodwill, sensing that energy from your heart center if you can. Safe and protected, peaceful and happy. If you get off track, just begin again. Remaining with this person, if you wish, or moving on to the next one, a loved one or a dear friend, someone you can easily open your heart to, where there's not a lot of attachment or aversion. So have a sense of who you're choosing. And remember something about that person that opens your heart, that brings a natural sense of appreciation and loving kindness for that person. now from your heart center, radiating loving kindness, goodwill to this individual. Letting the words carry that deep, caring intention. Letting go of any attachment to result. It's just a deep offering of your Goodwill. May you be safe in all ways, radiating that energy from your heart center. peaceful and happy. May you be healthy and strong. May your heart be at ease through the changing conditions of your life. What is your deepest wish, your goodwill for this person? Offering that. Now let's choose another individual in the same category. A dear friend or a loved one. Again, someone you can easily open your heart to. Or you can use the same person. Have a sense of who it is. And again, reflect something about this person that brings up a spontaneous and very organic feeling of loving kindness in your heart. Something about their good qualities, remembering a situation about them that you really appreciate And again, radiating your goodwill to this person. And for those of you who have a challenge using words, just let the energy of your intention, going out to this person, your intention of offering goodwill, be carried by simple energy. Just the thought, of offering your goodwill, allowing that energy to radiate out to this person. Or using the phrases, may you be safe and protected in every way from inner harm, from outer harm. Peaceful and happy. Healthy and strong. Use your own words or no words. Just your intention, your energy, Now moving on to the next individual, traditionally is a neutral person, someone you feel fairly neutral about. Of course, when you turn your attention to this person, you may have feelings of goodwill that come naturally. So it's not exactly purely neutral. This is a person you don't know very well, usually. Could be a neighbor, someone around you in the hall, or at home, a neighbor at home, a clerk in the store in your neighborhood. So have a sense of who you're choosing, even though you can't envision their face very clearly. You generally know who this person is. And then with the, this person, we reflect on the universal fact that all beings want to be happy, all beings want to be safe and protected, even though we don't know the personal life of this individual, we know this must be true for this person. So offering this person your goodwill, remembering it's an offering, it's a giving, no attachment to result. May you be safe and protected. Have a sense of radiating that energy of goodwill from your heart center, if you can, to this person. May you be peaceful and happy. Continue in your own way. Now moving on to the last individual a difficult person and seeing if we can allow the momentum of our loving kindness practice to flow on to this person. It's helpful to choose someone that's not too difficult to open your heart to. Choose someone that you know you have a chance of opening your heart to this person. Have a sense of who it is. And then see if you can remember something about this person that softens your heart, that makes an opening somehow, some appreciation. And if that's hard, can you remember this person's suffering? Maybe that opens your heart. Now allowing the momentum of goodwill to keep on flowing and to also radiate towards this person. May you be safe and protected. Just as I wish this for myself, I wish this for you. May you be safe. May you be peaceful and happy. Find your own kind words of goodwill. radiating your goodwill to this person. And now keeping that person in the field of your loving-kindness and beside that person put the neutral person that you offered goodwill to. This takes some concentration. And the other side putting One of your dear friends or loved ones, and nearby the other dear friend or loved one, and then your benefactor, so they're all together as a group surrounding that difficult person. then offering all of them as a group your loving kindness your unconditional goodwill may you all be safe protected may you be peaceful and happy Healthy and strong. May your hearts be at ease no matter what's happening. And then expanding that field to include everyone here in the hall. May all beings here be safe on your inner and outer journeys. And everyone here at this retreat center, all the staff, all those who serve us, all the animals and creatures here. May all beings here be safe and protected. And expanding out to remember our loved ones, our friends, our family. May you all be peaceful and happy. May all beings everywhere, in all directions, without exception, all beings seen and unseen, known and unknown. May you all be happy May you all be peaceful, may you all be liberated. Do you have any questions about your practice that in this particular sitting? Some clarifications you might need? That's good, that question. So should we come up with just a few phrases and keep repeating them? Or say, um, come up with new ones all the time? It's really helpful to just keep it simple and come up with a few. I, I said four quite often. And you can use even two of them if you want. Uh, some people like to do it quite traditionally and just go through the four. And I'm just trying to offer the practice in a way where it, it can suit everybody. So some people need to have their own kind of wording uh, rather than very precise traditional wording for it. See what helps you to stay on, on track with it. Sometimes you'll, you'll be you know just repeating what you repeat and it gets monotonous. It's like you're not really feeling you're coming from your heart center, it's just kind of repeating words. And then that's it's helpful at that time to really come up with something that's from your heart, that you really have to conjure up some energy to to offer some goodwill. You can see see how it goes. It doesn't have to be so stiffly regulated.
1: Mm-hmm. I have practiced in synchrony with, with the breath,
0: Yes. the physical experience of the heart, I noticed that you weren't doing that, do you have comment on, on that practice of synchrony with the breath on the physical basis? The well, we started out coming from the heart center, yeah, so I, you don't have to use a breath but you can use a breath, yes. right? Right, right. But sometimes, um, for some people, it's good to use a breath, but for some people, it's just too controlled all the time. So you really have to look at that, you know, so that you're, you're letting it flow rather than... That may not be for you, but that's why I don't offer it that way. Yeah, but you can use a breath. When you talked about coming to your heart, what did you mean in synchrony with that? Yes. Uh, the, 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 the mhm. I kind, I remember that I said often come from your heart center, so that's what we are working with—not kind of words in the head, but let it radiate from your heart center. Yes. Anything else? hmm um, often when I've been guided through this practice, so, um it happens to me that I can't choose just one person. That many people come to my mind. Right. And then I just say, Okay, stop it, like you know, so, uh-huh. just give it a tree. Keep and it. don't expand it. Yes. So it's like as if my mind was fluctuating and I was thinking yeah. about this person, that person. Right. But sometimes like the benefactor is also Yes. That's true, it can often, we can get demoted sometimes. (laughs) Or demote others, yeah, yeah. Uh, So the point you brought up about sometimes, can't just bring one person up, others come also. You know, it's really helpful when we're developing the concentration in metta to keep one person at the foreground. But what I do is if others come, I just let them be there. I don't shoo them away. <laughs> I, I just let them be there. And I'm, I'm concentrating on that one person and the others. I have um, gra- children and grandchildren. And you know, I often hear them say, what about me? You know, And they come up behind. So I just let them be there. But eventually, I know I'm going to get to that person. It may not be in this sitting. Uh, so you can allow them to be there. You don't have to. We don't want to do what the opposite of metta is and not include or push away. So it's okay for them to be there. Yeah. Mhm. Um, I noticed. Well, I came into this practice feeling really sleepy, just physically tired, and I noticed when we got into metta, I woke right up and my energy changed. Yeah. And I was wondering be okay to use the metta judiciously in other parts of the day when we feel like we need something to yeah. shift? Yeah. So the comment is that she felt that her energy came up when she started doing the metta, where she came into the hall feeling sleepy. And would it be okay to use the metta practice at certain times of the day when you're feeling like this? Yeah, of course. Um, what I would encourage you to do, though, is to just pick that sitting that you're going to do metta and do it for the whole sitting, rather than starting with vipassana and changing to metta, coming back, because your mind gets confused then, and you really don't develop anything fully. So um, do a sitting and just do metta with that. For example, the two o'clock sitting, and we will be uh, offering the Brahma Viharas either metta or equanimity at this sitting. (laughs) And then sometimes later in the evening, you can do that. Just in the morning sit, 8.15 sit, not then, because that's when the vipassana is being offered. Yeah, But that's a good, good suggestion for everybody, too. Yeah. Claire. Uhhuh. And it just felt like um like I didn't have to do anything with this enemy at all. Yeah. Because the benefactor was there as well. So it's very sweet and um I don't it, you know, I haven't encountered it in traditional practices, so
1: anything you could say more about that last part of putting mm-hmm.
0: everybody together. So saying more about the last part of putting everybody together what she experienced was that uh, when the difficult person and the benefactor, benefactor was close by, it felt like she didn't have to do very much, that there was some kind of, I'm just reading between the lines, Claire, there was just some kind of impersonal sense of loving kindness just all around. Uh, so I've heard this many times, you know, where it felt really safe for that benefactor to be around the difficult person, or it felt like they were also doing the work of offering loving-kindness, or they were imbued with loving-kindness. So, uh, of course, it feels like it it isn't so much of an oomph. Now, when I do this, I'm getting into the equanimity phase, when I bring all of them together, because... uh, True loving kindness is is the ability to offer our love to everyone without exception, without diminishing our love to anyone or making it more for another person, but to just see that we can offer our love to all um, in kind of an equal way. And we begin to understand how that feels like when we have them in a group. But one of the uh, responses that I get is this very response that it it felt like it was easier. And um, when I was learning this practice more than 30 years ago, actually, Manindra told me that when you have a difficult person and that person's really difficult to send your loving kindness to, then put that person in a group. So also, that can happen. I wanted to give you a sense of how that can be, putting that person in a group. So. Mm -hmm. Um, When you're Yeah. So here we're doing the metta practice, but when we do the metta practice and we bring up a loved one and we remember their suffering, it comes quite naturally. We're not just uh, remembering that all beings want to be happy. The basis of loving kindness is remembering that all beings want to be happy. Then when we turn that loving kindness to suffering, we open specifically to their suffering and that becomes compassion. But this can happen quite automatically, quite organically when we're doing the loving-kindness practice. We just automatically remember their suffering, and it turns into compassion in, in that moment. And when sometimes sadness comes up or we get caught in the suffering of that person, uh, and we can't really be in a place of kind of strong, balanced compassion for that person for moments at a time, because we're kind of feeling like we're lost in the suffering a little bit with them. Is that what you feel sometimes? Yeah. And this is really normal. This is very human to, to feel this, so we, we have to allow it because it is. One of the things that you can do, and we're going to practice this when we do the equanimity practice a couple of days from now, is you can quickly just bring in an equanimity phrase, even within that experience. When you're opening to the suffering of that person and you're also including the sadness that you're going through, one of the equanimity phrases is, this is the way it is right now. It just kind of really just opens to it with balance. It's not pushing it away. It's not drowning in it. It's not turning away from it. It's opening fully. This is how it is right now. And in that moment, we're really able to offer more compassion, more kind of a, a loving kindness that's very balanced, that's not attached to that person doing anything, getting well. or It's just the offering that's there of loving kindness, the offering of compassion. It's said that Loving kindness and compassion become more powerful because of equanimity. It gains its power from that deep inner balance that we have, that we can open to whatever there is to be opening to. And we have the strength of love that we can still offer them. We're not pulled down by what's happening to them. We're more standing very balanced, or sitting very balanced feeling very balanced within our own strong energy of loving kindness, of compassion, of equanimity. So um, if you can touch into that place, okay, this is how it is right now, just feeling that I can open to this. And sometimes people feel that they can do that because we understand that we're not doing it so that we feel okay Basically, we're also doing it for their sake. We're trying to be as steady and balanced in the place that we're in for their sake as well so that we can come from the very best place we can to support that person. I just want to tell you a short story that exemplifies this because sometimes the words are just so theoretical. Uh, My daughter, my eldest daughter, was going through... um, a cancer event, which she's, she's free from now. But during the time when she had her surgery and uh, she was recuperating in the hospital, she was going through a lot of pain and she wasn't getting her meds, her pain meds regularly. And so I was really fretting and stewing about it. And uh, she was saying to me, Mom, you got to get the nurse to come in here. i got to have the meds now because I can feel the pain really coming on. And I had been up all night and a few days, and I, was, I felt very physically weakened and emotionally drained going through that with my eldest daughter, doing the best I could to use all the principles I knew to keep myself going. And she was in her bed, and I was... Um, standing against the wall. And as she was saying, Mom, you got to help me, I really felt like slinking down the wall and collapsing. And then, then she said, I can't remember exactly, but it was somewhat like this, Mom, don't go there. I need you. <laughs> you know, I need you to be strong. You can't be weak right now, because I'm not that strong. So I really got it then, that I had to open to, okay, this is how it is. My daughter's going through this, she's going through a lot of pain, this is happening here too, you know, like pull up your socks, Kamala, and get with it. So I really got it that it's not just for me, I've I've gotta be strong for this person that's in front of me. That took equanimity. It wasn't loving kindness, it wasn't compassion, it took like opening to how it is and just kind of getting up and doing what i needed to do so this is why equanimity is so important in if infusing it in our vipassana practice in our compassion metta practice and also the sympathetic joy but here we're we're just going to work on it in terms of more directly with the metta it'll come in naturally with the other uh, Brahma-viharas, too, but we'll, we'll take that as, as it comes. Okay, so thank you. Have a cool afternoon. <laughs> thank you for listening.